Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello! And welcome to the SummerSlam Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hampler from What Culture, to review everything that happened at this weekend's SummerSlam Premium Live event. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we're not going to review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamflet, Michael Sidgwick, enjoying a couple of weeks of well-earned rest. Well, well um, hang on, it's the summer holidays. Oh, yeah. We go on holidays, we spend time with our families, but as you'll come to know very, very soon, yes. we'll on, uh, it's not rest. <laughs> It is not resting. This is the resting part. Yeah, like you have a lovely holiday and then you come to work with some grown-ups and a cup of tea for your rest. (sighs) And then five o'clock comes and you commute back to your other work, rest in inverted commas. Yeah, I love love them, etc. But let's just... (laughs) <laughs> Let's just be clear for you and all the other expectant parents and the future parents and the people that want to want children. Mm-hmm. Understand the realities before you get involved. You had like three or four years yeah. of like being in the trenches of our realities. So you knew. I've been warned. Just, yeah, just, I, just, I don't like words getting thrown around. <laughs> right? What did you make of SummerSlam? Do you know what? It was the worst WWE PLE of the year. And wow. there's two things to that statement. One of them, well, I will just go through match by match as to why that was. And the other is because the standard has been high. Standard WWE PLEs, I would say, yeah. this year has been the best since what I consider the company's one of the company's creative peaks in the year 2000 when, weirdly, WrestleMania was a dud. Uh, but every yeah. other show, either side of it, was kicking ass. Um, that's what this has felt like as a PLE company in 2020. There was a finish at WrestleMania Night 2, which you've often shared your story of how it like sort of decimated the live vibe mm-hmm. and month by month by month I'm proving correct in another well, argument in another uh, argument we're going to have uh, no, look, no, looking forward to the row we'll get there um, but yeah F- for the match by match reasons which I'm looking forward to talking to you yeah. about now I think this is comfortably the weakest PLE of the year and a bad show like a, a bad show a bad show with some unforgettable moments on it at the same time maybe maybe I, there was some bits of this show I I adored there was other bits I liked less so. I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you in part. But 
I know, yeah, maybe it is the worst show of the year, but that's a, that's a, it's it's a high, high bar, bar which is rare we get to say that sort of thing for WWE. Really high bar this year, but I think you've given us the perfect segue into the actual review itself, because you've just used the word unforgettable, right? Uh-huh. Now, was that not the modus operandi and key selling point behind the opener between Ricochet and Logan Paul? Yeah. And did you see a single clip of that match gift for Twitter? No. So straight away, out <laughs> the gates, you are looking at an objective failure Despite, because I feel like we're kind of entering a bit of an era where you cannot say f- about sh- when it comes to the stuff that you talk about, what you watch, and like, I'm getting concerned about what you're allowed to criticise and what you're not. Mm. But as two athletes that will do a hundred million things more than this fat idiot speaking down a microphone will ever be able to do, I don't think the objective was achieved, and I think there was a series of matches that failed to achieve the sold objective. Okay. And, uh, like, we're coming hot with this one right here that I think... I, I, I scratch that. I will say that there was one bit that... Uh, what was it? The moonsault into a reversal into a tornado DDT. I did see doing the rounds. Okay, that's fair enough. But I, I admit, I was watching that, and I saw that spot, and I went, that's a really good secondary spot on this. What are they going to do to break the internet? It's that bit when in the... Uh, they're having that episode of The Office where they're having the dance party for Jim and Pam's wedding and Erin's shouting to Andy Bernard, what else you got? While he's lying, having done the splits and splitting his scrotum open. <laughs> like, she's going, what else you got? That, that's me. Yeah. I loved Ricochet. We're doing it now, aren't we? Yeah. I loved Ricochet doing the top rope lion salt. He doesn't dust that off much in WWE, nope. and it looks beautiful. Of course it does. Um, I liked uh, Logan Paul doing Braun's power slam. Yeah. And then uh, the Hogan leg drop, and then Ricochet doing the people's uh, standing shooting star, or whatever yeah. it was. Really... Smart, really smart stuff in like light of what like is happening in Ricochet's life and in how Logan Paul harnesses his brand of heat as a guy that is kind of a pretender to all of this, but nothing that could remotely be compared with the thought and care put into the Seth Rollins match at WrestleMania. Mm. Nothing that carried the gravitas of the Logan Paul Roman Reigns match, and nothing. And this was key for me. Nothing that had the surprise factor of Logan Paul's first matches, or indeed the Royal Rumble bit between him yeah. and Ricochet, that had you going, Jesus Christ, like, am I just going to have to abandon my qualifiers and just say, this guy's great at the end? Like, this should have had, in my opinion, something that had, well, yeah, whatever the match was, was that. But I mean, look at that. Just look at that mm. spot. And I, I almost can't believe they fell short of that. Well worked. Yeah. Entertaining in places. But was there anything that had your like, heart jumping up into your mouth? I don't think so. No, I, I think Michael Cole said it best when he said that was a great match, but the ending sucked. Um, yeah. And I think partially that may have influenced it, is they thought, well, everyone's going to go home going, well, Logan Paul won the match, but he used brass knock, so what does it really mean? Mm. And arguably they thought, well, why risk our lives doing some... I mean, he still did, like I say, that bonkers reversal tornado DDT spot was great. Yeah. But why risk ourselves doing anything more preposterous if all people are going to go home with is a bad taste in their mouth because of the shenanigan finish? It's a really bizarre book in that. And I'm, I'm going to let this play out because like, I think WWE have earned a bit of that this year. But they basically just presented it as one of Logan Paul's lackeys from like the Impulsive podcast or whatever mm-hmm. that just happened to have some brass knucks and was there in the right place at the right time because he has hanger-ons. That's how that was presented yes. to us. I'd much prefer it if... It turned out that that like was a hat and a wig and a fake beard, and it was a wrestler that wanted to like screw Ricochet 
Yeah. And couldn't it have been, like, maybe it will be that, because the camera cutting it was so quick, it looked like one of his lackeys. <laughs> but, like, wouldn't that have been a bit more productive? Yeah. Like, if there was a kind of a going-nowhere raw mid-carder, who's just thought... Bronson Reed. Well, yeah, but somebody that we wouldn't have to skip the segments of on Raw. And it's, no offence to Bronson Reed, I think he's a very talented individual, but he's got a, how can I put this, unique look about him that you wouldn't go, oh, I, don't, I didn't recognise that guy's silhouette. Yeah, like, it just, I thought that was a spot that you potentially open up for something for Ricochet to do next, okay. rather than just, ah, he just didn't think that one of Logan Paul's idiot friends might be lurking ringside for mm. the exact six seconds that he needed to be there for. Also, the they were half-baked in how they executed the, Samantha Irvin stuff on the Raw, and then she's just there while somebody interferes on Logan Paul's behalf. I know, like, she's probably got believes she has to keep up a professional capacity, yeah. but, like, that felt a little bit undercooked as well. Like, Logan Paul was like, well, I'm going to beat your boy now, and then he did. <laughs> like, this is from the start. I like the fact that when he went back and said, say my name again. Yeah. He's great, Logan Paul. Uh, from the start of this program, where I thought this could be the making of Ricochet, I kind of feel like he's just been the most incredibly talented talking prop they had at their disposal for it. Mm. Bit of a passenger in the end. Like, that's the that's my feeling with the postscript. But we'll see. If there's follow-up on... Not follow-up. I'm not saying they're going to go for round two. But if Ricochet's recently developed agency allows him sort of a route into a new feud off the back of this, I'll maybe be well, kinder to it. He'll probably want... Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Payback. Yeah. You'll never guess what's next. Uh, yeah, but who's going to get it from? The Miz? Yeah, probably. Like, <laughs> just... Didn't he get no, didn't he get put in a case by the uh, people eating Slim Jims or something backstage? Oh yeah. Uh, it was Alpha Academy, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't remember so, if they're eating Slim Jims or whatever sponsorship. Ooh, this C4 energy tastes nice. Oh, whatever yeah. it was, I can't remember. It's like Seth carrying around that title, it's Ricochet, right? I'm gonna go for the Logan Paul silver medal because he's beaten me. So the crowd are in a bit of a lull at that point, and then they get two of the uh, greatest moments in their entire lives to follow that up because we've got the Slim Jim Battle Royal to come, but before that, it's time for Cody versus Brock three. Oh my god. Oh my god. This was bloody brilliant. And in my opinion, at least, completely vindicated the decision to not put the world title on Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 39. Because for all those people who said, everything Cody's been doing since WrestleMania would be better if he had the title. Well, guess what? You can't tell this story if Cody has the title in this match. Dumbass! Because he has to lose the second match, which means he has to lose the title. God. So... God, I thought we were going to do this in the main event, but I guess we're going to do it now. Have you seen the film Children of Men? Yes. Right. So in the film Children of Men, if you haven't seen it, it's this dystopian future, which troublingly I think is set in something like 2027. So we're about <laughs> three years off. It's very, very close to the now, unfortunately. But it was quite a realistic rendering of the near enough future to make it scary. Mm -hmm. the, the loose plot of Children of Men. Um, 2027? Clive Owen, oh yeah, yeah. Clive Owen's sci-fi thriller is that there's no more babies being born. Right. Um, so it's like, it's a different take on the fall of civilization in that, well... All that exists is now all that exists. We're not going to go out with a bang. We're going to go out with a bit of a whimper. This is the last of us, to use a phrase that has been now appropriate for zombie stuff. Mm -hmm. And when we're gone, we're gone. And then every now and then, there might be a, a pregnant woman. And Jesus Christ, we need to preserve her because Protect her at all costs, like yeah. she's Thea Hale. The world's mental health suffers a crisis when, I believe, baby Diego... Oh, yeah, the last is, baby born. ...is killed or something. 
and it's all very like, oh well, like now we're now we're knackered. Yeah. There was a slither of hope, and that hope has gone. And then it's the film becomes about like trying to help a pregnant woman get through this awful torrid time so she can give birth and keep society going. I watch that again. It's a good film. Well, it is a good film, and what a world it presents, right? Because it's just it's an unthinkable world. No matter how awful you might think the world is when you look out the window, that one is worse, mm-hmm. and that's a reminder of that. And I just think really, really soon. Like, in light of, like, that plot and that way that it makes you look at the world, like, another beautiful soul is about to come onto the in, onto this mortal <laughs> coil with a dad that's a thick f***ing c- Because Wilborn, for God's double, sake... Just a t- double whammy. You're having a go at me and you're giving me more work. The, uh, yeah, you deserve those swears. I thought we were going to talk about this in the f***ing main event, but I guess we're going to do it now. In the one match I wanted to put over on this card, and you were pissing on my parade by not letting me put over this fantastic Cody display, which, by the way, you dumb s***, right? For this God's sake! Last one. I'll hold you to that for the day. For the or? day. For the whole day. Wow! For the, I've got nothing but joy for collision, and who knows what's going to happen on Raw. But, like, this was so great, yeah. right? And you know what happens with great performers is that you reward them with belts. Yeah, you that's coming. That's coming. That it's established him. That main event stunk. Right, we're going we're to get to it. The world champion was in this match because the world champion is Cody Rhodes. Yeah, the world champion ca- elect. He's just not carrying the frigging belt you around. Can't, you can't tell this story if you have the title involved in this you can, match. You just don't need to do a trilogy. You don't need to do a boring because no, the WWE does trilogies better than anyone else. No, no, no. no, no you have... Siege, what do you think of it? If you thought it was that this was a, a, a bad result, in, especially in the main event, if you had problems with the main event, speak up now, mate. Well, turns out he, he loved it. Somebody will tell him. Um, you have him beat Brock in the first post-WrestleMania defence, and then Brock, a few months later, comes back, raging that he's been beaten, and you want to do it again at SummerSlam, that's absolutely fine. And you book this exact match, by the way, and then Cody retains. And you know what You know what this would be, Wilborn? You know what this would be? Anybody that still thinks that Wilborn is correct, this would be overcoming adversity, because you can do that while still having a title. Crazy is, as I know, right? Disagree. If you didn't think it here, I'm astonished that you didn't think it after that absolute floating turd of a main event. That, by the way, Roman Reigns himself said, Angels for the belt. It's being the tribal chief. Well, that sounds pretty much like a title as well, mate. So you probably don't need to carry the gold piece of tin that you've decided to break all records for and then disappear to add a couple more hundred. He's getting his knob out on the island of relevance. Which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> Roman Reigns Wimbledon is always fine with me, but it is not on. You know, Maybe I'm a little bit bitter and resentful that... Right ahead of WrestleMania, I crafted not 120,000, which you can get on Amazon by my <laughs> learned colleague, Michael Sidgwick, but about 3,000 passionate, insightful words about Roman Reigns' entire title reign that I still can't hit publish on because he's not lost the belt. <laughs> Maybe there was some bitterness tied into that, right? Yeah. I'm no longer bitter because I have only 250 more to add to that list since WrestleMania because there's only been one defense since. I don't want to step on my own dick when we get to the main event, so I'm going to put this match over instead. Cody Rose versus Brock Lesnar was an absolute triumph. It was the best match of the series, and yeah. I thought the Backlash one was pretty good, right? I wasn't so hot on the Night of Champions match, but it was the best match of the series. Uh, in New Japan, the 20 count makes for some really dramatic uh, count-out teasers, oh. especially when the stakes on the line, because 19 seconds is a realistic amount of time in a wrestling framework to have to get back in the mm-hmm. ring. Cody made so many nines count here. Oh, You shouldn't be buying. There is no right to buy a count-out finish to this match and yet he had me it took me back to Shawn Michaels desperately like begging the referee to count to 10 in an Undertaker streak match yeah streaks not ending by a count out Shawn's got me on the hook that it might Cody had me here thinking that he was going to lose time after time after time Brock Lesnar had that work if the title was on the line then mate well actually he'd retain so he'd be fine but, but that, yeah exactly so that's there's no drama in it 
There'll be huge drama. Oh, how? Like, how? If the title doesn't change hands on a count out. Brock Lesnar, like, willing to claim victory just to put Cody down and put him but out. not win the title. That's stupid. We wouldn't do a count out to you. You book your agents. Well, exactly. So then that, the, the bit that you said was one of the best parts of this match doesn't work. That's a reasonably good point. <laughs> I never get this sort of uh, victory lap. I, I know when I'm beaten, I'm okay to take an L sometimes. I'll take a part. I'll take a lowercase L. I, I w- some people might see as a scribble die. You may, you may think I've I've got one over on you there, but I have something to disclose when we get to the main event. But I'll save. Okay, I'll save right. that for later. I like, I like this sort of give and take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I the Brock Lesnar. Like I was told um, by some people that were in and around Detroit or going to the show on Twitter over the weekend that the heat was intense. And Brock Lesnar was the walking billboard for the heat in Detroit. Jesus. I know he's a sweaty man, yes. but I've never seen him sweat like that. Like, it's like Shane McMahon levels of perspiration. <laughs> and I compared it to blood. Brock Lesnar was sweating so That's much a great that, point. that it felt like he was bleeding. You didn't need him to be cut because look at the exertion mm. like on Brock Lesnar. Even And the exertion of him just physically dominating Cody Rhodes added to the drama because it's like, the man's sweating enough. You're making him angry <laughs> because look how much he's sweating. Did you see his gear melting away? Yes. Because Brock Lesnar apparently sweats acid. Like it looked I like mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. A cartoon representation of acid rain is that like all your clothes melt off your body and you need to get undercover. Yeah. That was Brock's sweat. It was like, oh, oh, okay, so Brock sweats acid. So every time he grabs Cody Rose, he burns his skin. So if that's Brock's sweat is acid rain, what yeah. would the judgment day sweat be? Purple rain? That would be very good. What would the bloodlines be? Roman Reigns? Uh, like, just... That's very good. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry, now. I've completely thrown both of us there. Match kicked AS. Um, I, the, Brock, the Brock. most believable save yourself yep. I've ever heard in wrestling. Run away. Or, or the more ominous, not threatening even, just sort of stating, Cody, this is only going to get worse. Yeah, totally bought it. Um, really fantastic, as we've said a lot in this feud in particular and in the almost match. Brock's having a good year for um, Brock's one of the best sellers ever because he knows when and he knows how to sell. He Not enough people credit him for being a great pro wrestler first before he became a UFC guy. And the bit where he gives you that one split. So when Cody catches the um, Kimura and Brock does that thing where, like, the hand lowers. It's not even really in a tap. It's like the hand going down, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then what he does is he uses it to basically base himself and push out of it. And it's not a dramatic, uh, oh, he's out. He's just like, I'm mega strong. <laughs> like, it was like a... a so do you remember the time when he smashed AJ Styles' head in when he had the... Yeah. Um, what was the... I uh, it's... Um, Co- I, the calf crusher. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's... Um, it's it's like he's a vehicle and he's, sl- he's smashing the handbrake on because and he, he kind of like, or like a transformer midway through transforming he's going from human to car but he's only halfway through and he's like can't get out of this gonna have to turn into a car clunk and like Cody's suddenly out of it in yeah. trouble again like again totally believable that, well hang on if Cody can't win from here how on earth does he win and then I put him over really really strong the apparently improvised. Uh, handshake hug deal oh. at the end I thought was really effective I was, I believe Cody there because I thought Andy said the same thing he said if Brock just attacks him again here what are we doing I know you've got payback around the corner but this is the finish this is the rubber match but because it's Brock I was like don't hug him Cody oh god yeah uh, just because obviously we kind of do these these sort of reviews without your fantastic move for move breakdown I want to isolate for praise that thing where he just chucked him well, yeah, like, I, I did write that down because I don't know what it's called. It's not a move. It's just like, I'm going to deadlift you and throw you. Like, Cody didn't land it's on his... It's called getting brocked, I think. Yeah. Like, didn't land on his front. Didn't land on his back. Wasn't really a Ric Flair side bump. Just got, like, 
just got thrown. Yeah. And I, I love that because it was like I, I praised in a match I did not like the one bit where on last week's Dynamite where Moxley just sort of ran towards, was it, um, I can't remember if it was even Trent or Penta, but Penta maybe. Trent, Trent, it was such a boring, forgettable match. Uh, where he ran towards Trent because he was near the table. Like, yeah. I'll have this. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. a spear, was it? It was like, <laughs> like a salmon dive. It's through. like Brock when he fought, I think it was Frank May the second time and he knocked him down. He just went, I suppose I'll just run at you now because yeah, I'm a human bull. Like, that was the, the the suplex equivalent of that was that. Throw. Yeah. Love that. This yeah. is great. Cody's the man. Like Cody, Cody is the, and this is the thing. I don't want to have the, the bit we do with nah, yeah. the tweet and whatever. He is the man. Like he's, this is not my take because it's been said a lot of, since he's come back to WWE, but he's like probably a better John Cena than John Cena yeah. was and think about who John Cena was. He's, think, the, he's the man. I think, I genuinely, you know, I know I'm doing a bit of a gimmick, and I obviously, to step out of this for one second, right, the night of WrestleMania 39 should have been the night that Cody Rhodes won the title. But if we're not going to do that, yeah. which they obviously aren't, and, and uh, not that this is what wrestling should be about, okay, and I don't care about this, aside from the fact that we report on it, because it's our jobs and we are professional wrestling journalists, as we always insist. Hang on. I should do the official thing. Yeah. Professional wrestling journalists. You got a journalism for that? You gotta be joking me! By the way, they almost almost returned at the Rumble. Did you hear that? Hear that story over the weekend? Yeah. I'm kind of glad you? that they didn't because they would have been completely underutilized. Yeah. But long term, bring them home, please, Papa. Right. And like all journalists, we've got buttons. Yes. To prove it. <laughs> but and their podcast back. Go and check it out. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, but if we are going to go down the route of yeah of not having Cody win there and holding it to WrestleMania next year. All the business metrics have supported that this was absolutely the right decision. Yep. And let's not forget, because it's one of the it's the night the one of the nights I'm gonna cling to in the coming months, Michael Hamflet. One of the best nights of the year for me, which was a combined um, night out with you and Adam Nicholas, granted. <laughs> but also money in the bank, which doesn't happen if Roman's already lost. Yes, that was good. But yeah, I can understand why certainly the feud overall, maybe not the trilogy, like I say. But a feud with Brock Lesnar in the immediate aftermath of WrestleMania, and to a certain extent, a title match against Dominic Mysterio <laughs> for a very different reason, would have worked with uh, world champion Cody Rhodes. But, well, we'll save it for later on. We'll talk about the main event when we get there. But I thought oh, Cody overcame adversity like, I don't know, off the top of my head, a 10-man England team going through on penalties against Nigeria. Come on! <laughs> I'm glad that you've got the laptop facing against me because I didn't know that. It's coming home. That's a nice way to reveal the, um, just, you know, some teams are better than, I don't know, other teams at uh, penalty shootouts. Just a uh, just thought. Uh, just want to quickly uh, play this before we uh, move on. So just say, you know, England team going through on penalties, other teams getting knocked out on penalties. And God bless the United States. You're in the aircast back end more than me. You know geographically where our stats are. Yeah. You're the one throwing that grenade, not yeah. me. Megan Rapine. Oh, no. God, I had one more thing to say about the Cody thing, and it's forgot. That was what it is. You know, oh, yeah, like, three consecutive crossroads for the win. I'm not sure if I actually uh, ran through the match, but you'll know, watch it. It was well, well worth it. You know, when Vince McMahon thought he invented stupendous, and you know, <laughs> yeah, I forgot w- about that. WWE's crazy tagline. Hey guys, have you seen this word? <laughs> they uh, once they once they have a tagline that it's like you hit over the head. Da, 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 da. AEW to the credit, I think, have kind of nailed like what is it? The biggest wrestling event ever. Yeah, it's like well, that could actually Fair be true. Play. So you've kind of nailed like the hyperbole plus like the objective metrics. Kind of brilliant. Like, could WrestleMania be tagged the best ever second best? Because he's going to win it. Like, legit, he's going to win it. I'm going to be there. And it's still going to be hype. Still going to be pretty great. It's like, like the best ever second best. Yeah. Like, 
like the sort of finishing the prologue or something, or the, ep- <laughs> or the epilogue or whatever, like that. Aye, it's, it's still going to be great. It's still going to be great. WrestleMania 40. It's about damn time. <laughs> yeah. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, uh, let's move on to the match of the night, the match of the year, perhaps some might say, the results of the year. I'm talking, of course, of um, the Mr. Slim Jim Battle Royal, <laughs> because I, I want to put over the match and the result uh-huh. and the story that was told there. But I also um, want to not neglect one of, and we don't really get to see a lot of these, obviously, with, with uh, Peacock and the differences with WWE Network, one of the greatest adverts I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the LA Night Slim Jim advert. Bianca Belair's on there as well, I yep. should mention, and uh, numerous other stars. But um, yeah, LA Night is Mr. Slim Jim forever, and I love it. Credit to uh, LA Night confirmed this in a press conference, so we're not, this is not me coming up with silly bollocks for a podcast. He did confirm that after he won the Battle Royal, he got in a time machine and went back and filmed the Slim Jim commercial <laughs> that he was successful at. <laughs> Procuring here. It works so well. The only way that gets any better is Rick Boogs yeah, being involved. Very in good, wasn't it? Like, really loving tribute to the Randy Savage ones yeah. as well. Like, you can tell the affection there with the, the brand. You can tell Vince isn't around. Yeah. You're telling yeah. me. I, oh, use him again, are we? Um, mine, having, having said that, if like if one of the reasons why Vince apparently didn't like him, I won't say Triple H would be a big fan either, so let's just leave that one away. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this was good, actually. Like, as far Finding, as Battle Royale is Completely predictable Battle Royale. It was, yeah. No, you're right, yeah. As a completely predictable Battle Royal, I like I like a Battle Royal that, and AEW have been great at these, that'll just give you sort of three or four little mini stories or like tether existing storylines to the stuff going on. How do they build almost back up? I know, like a giant in a Battle Royal has to be booked this way and they did a very effective job of it. Um, the I didn't hate, shockingly, and I have every other week this has occurred, a continuation of Karen Cross and AJ Styles. <laughs> yes, I like, love you in that. I have not liked a single chapter of this story, considering they ended it on night one, and yet I thought this was quite effective. Yeah. Like, he screws AJ Styles from a theoretical must-win position. And I'll tell you what, LA Knight should, right now, add that leaping suplex as the setup to his finisher, because when they 
horribly botched it on SmackDown. Yes. They created a thing, and then they got it right in the Battle Royal as a sort of F you, we're going to yeah. do it again, we're going to make it right this time. Also works quite nicely in a Battle Royal because LA Knight spilled to the outside over the top rope when it happened on SmackDown. So, so it was peril in a and Battle for Royal. Once, for once, Michael Gold didn't say, if that happens tomorrow, he's out. Yeah, <laughs> probably because it was like, can we film anything else other than what's occurring right now? For God's sake. It got a huge reaction because I think there was an element of, oh God, they've not screwed it yeah. up this time. But like, and both guys are really beloved as well. So yeah. you don't, don't want to see that happen to them. But it got a massive reaction and it it's a perfect, the guy's dazed and confused and you're already wowed by LA Knight. That should be the setup to the blunt force trauma. You yeah. should do that every time. LA Knight has not got, I love him, but uh, what everybody's saying <laughs> is not, that guy's a hell of a worker. Yeah. And that is a Kurt Angle spot. People associate that leap. Or Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Like, they associate, like, top-tier wrestlers with doing that leaping quick suplex mm-hmm. thing. And him adding one of their moves to his repertoire on a regular basis as a big setup moment, I think, is... Like, what you have to do is have to create a reason why the guy's going to the top. Yes. So I understand why it's not the most ideal. But people felt it in that moment, and it was pretty exciting. Spot on result. Yeah. Brilliant finish and that pop. As I tweeted, he's just won a sausage battle royal effectively. I know Slim Jim's not, I don't know exactly what it's technically termed as, but the pop for that is like he just won the world heavyweight title. A pop Not the pop army, you might say. (laughs) Right, we've got lots to get through. Let's move on Um, to the MMA rules match. I don't know whether this was just because it was off the back of a Cody followed by an LA night victory, or as we've reported today, the issues with creative and them wanting to cherry pick certain things from MMA, but not others. And you being sort of already conditioned three matches in for big spots, which doesn't work in an MMA fight where you might get a spectacular knockout, you know, occasionally, Mm. but you can't book a spectacular knockout or, you know, the setup is kind of out of nowhere. Like the bit where, uh, Baszler kicked Rousey in the head was great. Yeah. But because it came out of nowhere and there was literally no build-up, very different to like an RKO, for example, and, you know, the melodrama of like the 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 referee introducing the rules and Rousey offering a fist bump, which he's never done before yeah. and all that, it just... I think the, the, the only thing I can say about this, because I don't think they worked it badly, is this just didn't work as a concept. Um, Baszler wins. I hope this is a springboard for her going forward more. I'm happy that Ronda Rousey got to put over her mate on the way out, and she's obviously going to go away for quite some time now. And, you know, making Ronda Rousey pass out should be really put over going forward. But I just... It, it, it didn't click this for me whatsoever, and I, I think it was reflected by the audience. Like fifty, what what was the number they said later 59, on? Fifty nine. I mean, it wasn't fifty nine, no. but you know, fifty odd people. thousand people. Yeah. Right? It's almost impressive that they managed to make them not make any noise. I think, yeah, I think this aside is aside from maybe chanting boring or whatever. They, aye, they got a bit of grief, didn't they? I don't think it's hyperbolic to call this a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't massively fault. Ronda and Shayna for it. They were like I wasn't entertained remotely, and I wasn't entertained watching Brawl for All in 1998 either. Whenever you shoot for hybrid pro wrestling MMA, mm. it's nothing to either audience. So as a pro wrestling fan, I'm not getting high drama, dynamic pro wrestling. Even you, as an MMA observer, 
that might have been looking for stuff that replicated the thrills you get from them. You're not getting them from this. It's just, just two it's different fit, sides right? of my brain. It doesn't work. Yeah, the whole thing didn't work. And I think WWE can kind of hold its head in shame a little bit here because I wonder if in a different timeline where the two-way distaste between Ronda Rousey and WWE isn't the case mm. and Ronda is leaving, but she's leaving not under a cloud, but as part of this, oh, what a hell of a run. I'll be back again in three years. This is a like unrelenting joy. I adore this. and I want to put Shayna Baszler over in yeah. the best way possible. Do they erect a lion's den? Do they build something? Well, the lion's den was built to look like an octagon, but do you create a structure that looks like an octagon? Do you send them out uh, with fight teams? Mm. It's a billion dollar, gazillion dollar company, right? A presentation can be everything. Make this like, don't hold it like in the mid in the the ring. Build up a different section that you pull a black curtain away from halfway through the show and be like, have it look like more closed in thing. Hire like, like a UFC referee, a team referee with the gloves on, like sort of reading the rules out. The rules weren't clear beforehand. You guys told me to watch that video package, which was excellent, by the way. But yeah, from Monday Night Raw. But the rules weren't laid out beforehand, so you weren't. The crowd were basically having to rely on what that referee was saying when he was doing the touch gloves bit to even what was it like pass out, knock out, or tap out, yeah, or something like that. That's clear enough. Like I can get that in my head as a wrestling fan but lay that out days in advance so that measures people's expectations as well so much of this was underthought and set up to fail and then fail it did and then also even if you're an MMA fan you when you're used to seeing when someone takes a big shot and goes down but maybe isn't necessarily out mm-hmm. someone jumping all over him not the referee bang, going bang, let bang, me bang. check him yeah doesn't work that doesn't work either it was a yeah a real I was going to say a swing and a miss but I don't think it was a big enough swing no. like they didn't commit to this anywhere near enough like they didn't this is a petty concern, perhaps, but they were in their, like, WWE gear. Yeah. Shouldn't they have, like, been in, like, the fight shorts and, like, their... Like, I did see Ronda had, like, a WWE logo in the style of the UFC logo, mm-hmm. which was this attempt, I guess, to bring the two worlds together. But, like, Shayna came out, and I'm sure the gear might... I haven't done the article this time around. Or like, the gear might have meant something to her, to them. Like, she typically does, like, um, uh, Warhammery stuff, so maybe there's a really deep cut that matters to, to them guys. No! I do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, by the way. Dice with Death, you want to go check that out. This is a wrestling coverage company. <laughs> like, they're, none of us are, you know. Please don't hurt us, Shane. It's not a value judgment, yeah. Like, and maybe that was something that was like, there's a character that might be super significant to their relationship or what she was mm. going to do to Ronda or whatever. But like, you come out for an MMA rules match. Like, didn't Ronda spot you when you were in MMA? And isn't that the foundation of your friendship? Yeah. And I, I just thought all of it was wrong. And ultimately, like, WWE kind of reaped what it sold yeah. with this one, and the wrestlers were made to suffer. Shayna's next feud is critical. Yes. Um, then it was time for the Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Really wound me up when Gunther dropped McIntyre back first onto the steel steps, and the commentators just went, well, that's just happened. <laughs> Sell that more, dickheads. Uh-huh. I've got to be honest, my notes for this match are often similar to many Gunther matches. They beat the crap out of each other. And then um, the finish was McIntyre getting dropped cock first on the top rope and hit by a splash, a brutal looking clothesline and a powerbomb for Gunther to retain. What did you make of it? Right, well, I love the finish. I love when Gunther does that thing where nobody's allowed to breathe where he respects his opponent enough to go, bang, 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 you're dead. Like the um, combo of his... You know, we've said, like, Gunther's really great at establishing so many moves as finishers, but then he combos three of them together. Yeah. So that's, like, a really believable way to put somebody down. Um, I love... I say this with some relief, 
that like I thought they were kind of establishing Drew as somebody that could be the like the honky tonk man spoiler guy and work a little bit closer to that. And I think we're all rooting for this, aren't we? Like we're all thirty odd days in it now. Aye, we're like we're all the the greatest intercontinental champion of all time has to become the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. He, he has this has to happen, right? And so like that that had me nervous. It's that old fashioned WWE thing yeah. of like, oh please don't do the thing. That's not the anticipation I want, but it was a kind of apprehension and a kind of nervousness. I thought this was a massive under delivery. Yeah. Really. Like this didn't like the heat wasn't there in the building. Um these two men have an established rivalry rooted in like knocking ten bells out of each other. And there wasn't a lot of that. Yeah, the chests were brutal brutalized, but that's yeah. kind of a given, isn't it? It's I don't think it's an unfair comparison to use not just the WrestleMania triple threat that Drew was in. But the Sheamus matches. Yes. But your Gunther Elias, your Gunther Riddles. Like, there's there's certain brands of Gunther matches and Gunther opponents that lean very heavily on, oh, God, that's as hard as these two people can hit. And I think this fell somewhere short. And I don't. it wasn't massively over in the building. Like, mm-hmm. you talk about Ronda and Shayna getting a death spot after the Battle Royal and Cody. Surely this is a dream spot after Shayna and Ronda. Yeah. And it, and it didn't bring them back up. No. I don't know what... Gunther doesn't have bad matches, ever. No. Right? So this wasn't bad. This was not bad. And if you're ranking the matches on the night, it was probably third, fourth. But again, we're talking about the low bar. Like, sorry, the high bar of WWE mm. PLEs this year. Do you know what? Gunther Riddle at Money in the Bank took some grief, and I thought that was way superior. I agree. I thought they were telling a story there. Yeah. And it was like, sorry, Riddle, mate. Like, the water is too deep. Yeah. And I... Like I thought that was a far superior story for it being a relatively abbreviated Gunther match than this, where the story is supposed to be, I am as hard or harder than you, and I'm going to take your mm. title. I never felt it. But I forgot to mention it earlier, so if I don't ask you now, then people might get angry. Were you annoyed with the steel steps spot in the Cody Brock match? Do you get confused by that? Should have been a DQ. Yeah. Like, he, they're just, oh, Cody's firing back. Like, it should have been a disqualification. And then there's a sort of the weird non-committal spot with the... Because I was like, oh, God, don't let him just win by straight up chucking him against the exposed turnbuckle. Yeah, like, I liked it as a backlash callback. Yeah. But it was more... I like the idea that Brock doesn't get knocked out. He just gets knocked down. (laughs) That was what fed into the submission, wasn't it? So it's like, that's what's going to bring him to the mat. I don't mind that. Um, But the either... The turnbuckle as well, if we're like... Rule book stuff, if you're going to get boring. It's a bit like when somebody does a run-in, but if the babyface hits the run-in in heel first, mm. that's not a DQ. No. It's if the heel hits the babyface. Yeah. The turnbuckle thing is like, this is situational. I'm, I'm, I happen to be pushing you into a turnbuckle. I didn't pull it off vindictively. I mean, yeah, he was just trying to grab at anything. The referee hasn't recovered it. You know, Stop that's like... suplex on the back of his head. There are some legal banana skins that I think yeah. are okay. The state, he just hit him with a weapon. That's like... That's, <laughs> that should have been a DQ, yeah. Uh, World Heavyweight Championship match. Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Now, uh, nice gear law for oh, you. Yeah, I did like that, yeah. Uh, who came out in white gear over the weekend? Are you, you're not thinking of... Um, so there was... Uh, s- the lower half of Finn Balor was all white and it was lush. Maybe but that's what I'm thinking of. Also, Cody's like big white that was it jacket with, with his one side cape kit. thing. I think yeah. there must be some sort of superhero that I don't know, but like oh, it uh, looked stunning in that jacket because um, it's not got the, the one he made for Mania had the little Tanahashi space of the belt. Oh, yeah, not got that one again. Never. Um, Rollins wears the same vest he wore. Really great. Whilst Balor has the word seven. <laughs> Painted on his uh, shoulder with the purple thing. I don't write the article anymore, so let me explain that to you, which I know because Michael <laughs> told me. Did you know 
Wilborn, that um, that is the where the injury took place. Check this. Seven years ago, because Finn Balor, despite teaming with Seth on multiple occasions, despite working, working and opener mania, mania, yes, but despite them both being baby faces and heels at various different times on their career, for seven years he's been holding on with this grudge, and I know that now because he wrote it on his on his shoulder. So there was, yeah, the constant callbacks to the buckle bomb. Uh, Balor did it to Rollins into the barricade in in the sort of callback to that, and then later on. Uh, Rollins hit consecutive buckle bombs and a frog splash for a two count. Outcomes, Senor Money in the Bank, Damian Priest. He uh, manages to nail Seth Rollins behind the referee's back. Great near fall off a pedigree from Finn Balor after that. Uh, Rollins, the rest of the Judgment Day come out. I'll allow this one because you've got Finn Balor, you've got Dirty Dom, you've got Rhea Ripley, and you've got Damian Priest. And of course, collectively, <laughs> they're in the f- Judgment Day. Um, so they all come out at one point, and uh, Rollins dives onto Priest, uh, stomps out Dom, gets back in the ring, gets hit with a baller, sling blade, drop kick, coup de gras. Uh, I was it. That was it for me. I was like, oh, cool. So they definitely put the title on Finn. A brilliant near fall. Um, anyway. Priest tries to work something with Finn Balor. He throws the briefcase in the ring to, to sort of be utilized by Finn Balor, who's crawling over to it. Goes around the other side of the ring so that... Goes where? <laughs> ...of the ring so he can take the ref. Um, but Seth Rollins seizes his opportunity and stomps Finn Balor's head onto the briefcase to get the 1-2-3 and retain the World Heavyweight Championship and cause more problems for the Judgment Day. Yeah, I'll do the bad news first because there's more good to come, I think. I... I'm a man that likes dry, right? I enjoy NXT through most of its lifespan before the pandemic. I like my food without condiments, and I like my sandwiches without mayonnaise. Uh, I do not like Seth Rollins' Finn Balor matches. (laughs) I have reached my dry limit. That is too arid even for me. Um, I just don't think they have captivating in-ring chemistry, and I think WWE's typically very hot PLE setting lays that bare. Money in the Bank was an electrifying show and the crowd went quiet for it. This was in a stadium that could get loud. It mm. wasn't like one of them ones where all the noise just goes up yes. and it went very quiet for large portions of this. And do you know how I know that the sound didn't go up for it? Because it went up to 11 for this near fall that you've highlighted. The best near fall on the whole card. Yeah. This got fantastic when Damian Priest came out. But in something of a little bit of a pattern for the big Judgment Day matches, as much as I love them, you can probably typically skip to the last five minutes for the drama. Yeah. Because I just didn't feel like much was going on in this one. And then as soon as Damien Priest comes out, you're glued. You are absolutely glued. I want to credit first the uh, near fall that they arrived at because everybody in the building bought a title change. Everybody in the building was immediately me and you and everybody else thinking, well, Finn's got the belt here now. And isn't that going to be interesting drama now that Damien mm. Priest has got money in the bank? That's going to be cool. We've seen that there's already tension between the two. And now there's a briefcase between them. Love that. You've done that. You've done all of that in the time it takes the referee to count between two and three. Yes. And then Seth's kicked out. That's the magic. That's the magic of pro wrestling, and they absolutely nailed it. I loved Seth Rollins. I'm going to compare it to your favorite match ever. Johnny Gargano-esque dispatching of the Judgment Day before sliding back in the ring. Oh, my God. Right when Gargano, bush, yes. bush, bush, all the Undisputed Era taken out of the ringside. That's what I'm going to be watching when I'm not sleeping. <laughs> like, love that. Um, looked like a guy like that has found the way to... Co- like, he's, a, he's obviously willing to do dirty things like the briefcase to get the match won, but he's fundamentally a WWE babyface yeah. because of doing things like that. So I really enjoy that. And 
I don't know how this went down in the building, but on television, because you can hear everything and they were doing a bit of story, mm. I thought this played out fantastically well. Damien Priest and Finn Balor were doing the, like, Balor goes, no, we're going with plan A, we're going with plan A, which implies that plan B was, give me the briefcase and I'll smash him in the face <laughs> with it. Because Priest is like, he's a case, he's a case. Yeah. And Balor's going, no, plan A, plan A, which I think is I can beat him. Now, Balor would say that because he's at this point feeling a bit insecure because Damien Priest is kind of mm-hmm. replacing him, right? So plan A is I can beat him on my own. I don't need this briefcase. And Priest's like, I think you do, mate, which plays into their, yeah. you know, like is Priest doubting I'm really Balor's excited ability. to follow this on Raw. Love all that. Damien Priest's acting at the finish I thought was sublime. His face. Right? There is an art to saying nothing with your face, mm-hmm. not least in WWE when you basically, everyone's told that they're to go and be JC Jane, right? <laughs> Do as much as you possibly can with the camera time, even if nobody can quite gather what you're doing. Yeah. He basically had to sell through stoicism. I told you, you should have used my help, mate. And do I even need you anymore, mate? Charlotte Flair. <laughs> I realized as soon as the words are coming out of my mouth, you were thinking, but I, I don't need this anymore because I've got a briefcase. Like, I don't need to listen to Finn Balor. I've outgrown the Judgment Day. I've outgrown Finn Balor's teachings. And I've got a golden ticket, even if I haven't. Yeah. Right? He's telling that story with his face. And he's even, if you want to, and he can, and this is the point, justifiable, plausible deniability, just like at Money in the Bank. Balor's like, you screwed me, Damien. You absolutely this for all of us. And he's like, no, I didn't. Like, plan A wasn't working, pal, and I was giving you plan B. B is for briefcase. You should have used it. <laughs> Seth did, and you didn't think to, right? And then he was like, no, we're not doing that. And he was like, plan C, I waved out Rhea and Dom, and you screwed that up too. Plan D, I slid the briefcase in, and you crawled over it and let him get you. Like It's, it's really exciting and to see I where they go from here. I thought he that with a blank expression, and I think that's super impressive. Yeah. And like, he memed himself. He's 100% going to be a meme. That'll be a meme. Yeah. But like, like you know what that's a meme for? What? <laughs> like that's the Sidgwick noise mean Cody face. losing at WrestleMania 39 oh. Damien Priest face there's a lot of people in that stadium pulling that face out yeah. I tell you I, th- I thought the last two or three minutes this were electric and I will give WWE credit again for this is why you know it's, it's weird to be saying this is the worst show of the year we get this it's very rare that I draw this comparison we get this sometimes with AEW where you go that was the worst AEW show of the year and it was still you know like yeah, it's two four star matches yeah. <laughs> So, because WWE then put in my head, oh, of course, there'll be no women's cash-in tonight because they've already done the whole cash-in stuff. And this triple threat, which Build has, let's be honest, been absolutely dreadful, Mm -hmm. had, I say unforgettable, had a spot that I will remember for years to come. Bianca Belair is one of the greatest professional wrestlers on the planet. Yeah. Because, and I do, I've not followed this up, so maybe it's legitimate or whatever, the sell job she did, there's a large part of this match that I'm not going to talk about because it was just the usual triple threat shenanigans. Kind of wrestling happening in front of you, isn't it? That spot where she got um, dumped out of the ring by Charlotte, who was in the corner, and sort of thrown over the top rope. Mm-hmm. And I still, to this day, don't know what what hit the steps because you just heard a noise. Yeah. But it was like her legs had already landed at that point, so maybe it was just a knee give, gave out mm-hmm. and she... One of the best sell jobs I've ever seen. I thought it was absolutely jaw-dropping this because I thought, I didn't even think, oh, cool, so Bianca Belair's going to win and then EOS guy's going to cash in because she's already injured. Oh, yeah, long way I from not, that. Not a thought in my mind. I thought, oh, oh, I, they, I went the road that they want me to go down. I went, oh, no, Bianca Belair's out of this match. <laughs> yeah. She's the only one I actually like in there. The other two are incredibly talented. I'm just talking in storyline for characters, right? So I go, oh... God, she's going to be led out. And the fact she's, like, glancing over her shoulder going, like, 
I want to go back in there, but my knee's given out or whatever. And then she goes, I'm, she's not winning by, she's not, that woman is not winning another bloody <laughs> world title. I'm so much so that I'm going to go for a, go for, not necessarily hit, go for a 450. And I was like, you need your legs for a 450, <laughs> Bianca. Perfect 450 onto a figure eight ing Charlotte Flair. Yep. And then an earful. And I was like, Bianca, I was like, well, what are you going to do now? Because your leg's buggered. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Charlotte puts Bianca Belair with the injured leg in the figure eight. And I was like, if you make her tap now. It was this ro a brilliant rollercoaster yeah. of emotions I never anticipated going on to Asuka. When people were like, well, what was Asuka's plan then? This <laughs> missed Charlotte Flair an inch away from her face, <laughs> right? And you think, Asuka's like, I've got it. I've got an, a horrifically injured person and someone else who's blind for the next five minutes. No wonder Asuka's going to get cocky. Bianca Belair rolls her up. One, two, three. Oh, my. Oh, my God. The injured Bianca Belair has stolen it, in, not in a ch cheap, mm. but a brilliant... Uh, she's, got, she's got it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Won the world title. And I was like, oh, great. Wait a second. Here comes EO Sky. And I'm like, oh, don't do some bollocks where Bailey accidentally costs her. You've just done that with mm -hmm. the Judgment Day. Nah, Bailey goes, gives the briefcase, twat you, twat you. She gets into it, Bianca Belair, which allows a sort of briefcase chop block to the injured leg. And the brilliant urgency. I love the urgency of a cash-in. Mm. I saw, I remember it with like Edge, Punk, uh, Carmella. <laughs> um, there's, uh, there's so many now, but like EO Sky being like, yep, get through the announcement and ring that bell because I want to do the, the moonsault. Yep. She does immediately in like, what was this, what's Wikipedia telling me? Eight seconds. She cashes in. She pins Bianca Belair. And I'm not even angry about Bianca Belair losing the title in those circumstances. She is your new, what was the official title? WWE Women's Champion. Brilliant, I thought this. Yeah. The... I mean, I can't top that review. I feel like I've got so little to add because it was, like, I think you're right to truthfully neglect the bulk of the triple threat, which had absolutely nothing going for it going in and then truthfully was not captivating this crowd on the night. Yet again, I'd seen some stuff online about, like, oh, they're kind of in a bit of a, a dead spot here. And I was mm. like, nah, this just match had such a weak story going yeah. in. Like, the premise was so flimsy that you were going to have to wait for the drama of who's going to win before you really care. And it was Bianca's knee that kind of made it all. Charlotte Flair, right, she gets some stick yes. on this, on, on, in this parish. Uh, I wish she would understand the value of getting pinned because she went to her back with absolute Rolex precision when Bianca hit that 450. Yeah. I've watched that spot back three or four times, and it requires her, for that to look as convincing and, well, not break her spine, <laughs> it requires her to flat back and like kind of loosen up the figure eight at the exact moment that Bianca Belair is mid, yeah. sort of, it's not a flip, but mid-rotation, and she does it. Like, the execution from both of them two is really quite incredible mm. and hugely dramatic. It's scary watching somebody that is bent upwards, yeah. potentially facing a splash to their stomach, because that will snap them. Yeah. And I just thought that was so impressive. I loved the layout of the finishing sequence, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, gutting it out with an injured knee as the baby face, and then being wronged afterwards if she's like either going to turn heel, or just, as you saw in this match, and as we've seen recently, developing a bit more of an edgier side to her persona, this is such a great way to illustrate Oh, that. brilliant. Like, the injured and kind of wronged party is such an inspired direction for her. Not least because, like, 
the like I know a roll up is what it is now in wrestling, but as you said, she's kind of somehow gritted her teeth through the well, I have to win with the four fifty. Otherwise, I can't do it's this. It's all or nothing, isn't it? And she lost that title, having been like what they've been calling like the longest in the modern era. Presumably, she's now the shortest in the modern era too, as well. Yeah. As a result, as per this cash in, so that's quite nice. You've give you've got both of them now. She's like she's had the worst of every world. And it, I want to give a shout as well, quickly. Sorry to interrupt. To Corey Graves of all people, because him saying she might be the EST for, of many other things, but tonight she is the tough S. And I was like. Yeah, yeah, that's completely uh, no, that's... backed up by what I'm w- witnessing here. And as well, uh, the energy—I just want to kind of double down on your praise. Oh. The energy of Bailey decking everybody for you as like, like, not we will not screw up tonight. Yeah, I've got this, and not just got this. I'm going to batter them, like take you out, take you out, like briefcases to the face. Yeah, it felt because we don't have chair shots to the head anymore. That felt like a very visceral mm-hmm. way of putting people down and out, and I thought that was really effective as well. Look, like, Damage Katal has not been a runaway success story. Far from it. And I saw a lot of people doing the <laughs> SummerSlam 2022, SummerSlam 2023. <laughs> one, one perfect year. No, not far from nice it. Nice moment with Dakota Kai. Gorgeous. Yeah. That's the only problem I foresee, is that, like, they've sowed the seeds for a turn and a split for ages. Nicest babyface group on the roster. <laughs> yeah. So that's less than ideal, truthfully. <laughs> uh, but, Whoops. But fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's get to it then. Main event time. Right, let's get into all 36 minutes of it. And this was this was Oscar-worthy cinema for me, Michael Hamflet, because like Oscar-nominated film Inception, it's about falling asleep. I fell asleep in the main event. <laughs> you fell asleep? I fell asleep. You fell asleep? I fell asleep. 18 pages front and back. It's not, um, not the greatest sign for literally one of my favourite wrestling storylines ever. Yeah. Culminating this match, right? Is the baby here? Have you been like lying to us about the due date and you've actually had the baby a month and you're just like, you're doing the bit where it's like, oh, sorry, love, we're going to have to go to work and you were just in need of a kip? Because, God forbid, Adam Wilborn doesn't fall asleep in the, in the great, latest cinematic epic between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Surely not. Surely not in a match that went, if I'm not mistaken, two minutes shorter than Apollo Crews versus Alistair Black in the Performance <laughs> Centre. No way you fell asleep during this latest epic. It was 5 a.m. We had a busy weekend getting all the stuff ready for the baby. And I saw an opportunity, I'll be honest, and I took it. Because I went, well, we're going long here. I'm just going to shut my eyes and listen to them be far too melodramatic whilst Paul Heyman emotes. And then I woke up. I I didn't even realize there was a spot with a strap on this match until I checked Twitter on Sunday. And I went, when did that happen? When did you do that? And then I realized uh, the moment I woke back up Mm. was when... And what arguably the good time, which maybe why I appreciate this match more, because I don't know how long it went before Solo Sokola got involved in the crowd, but that was what woke me up. Everything else prior to that, I, I, I kind of slept through. Do you know what it was? It was Roman's entrance. I was like, I'm just going to shut my eyes quickly and just Roman's little. <laughs> That's what it is. And then and then it was like, oh my god, Solo Sokola's attacked him in the crowd. And I was like, what's happening? And I thought. By reading Twitter afterwards, I was like, 
I'm just not going to go back and watch that. I'm just going to get Hamlet's thoughts on it. I do apologise. It's very unprofessional of me. I've finally realised it's taken the fat end of nine months for me to realise what I'm going to get your newborn as a gift. You know those beautiful, like, the mobiles that hang over uh. the cots that they make them, like, musical now? <laughs> like, that lovely, like, that music box. I'm going to get one that just goes... But that's your first lullaby that you can sing to your newborn. Because uh, it just gently helps you drift off sleep for a minimum of 15 minutes of television time. This was trash, mate. Like, this was so bad. You're not going to get yeah, any arguments. I know. Like, it was... So, like, the Roman... Ri- I said... And, like, this is not me taking a victory lap, but I said to you across podcasts and in the office, the core problem with the last month of television is them not getting Jey Uso to the Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, he might win. Level, yes. Right? And they did the Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, not a lot is happening, but you gripped by the outcome match. And the, it was... They hadn't established the... Yeah, You can't I do agree. that with this guy, right? You can't... When Cody and Sami are out there, everything counts because you are on a knife edge... Want Roman win by a blue thunderbomb. Yeah. At no point in the last month have they made you feel like Jey Uso is going to win. So instead, what you're doing is waiting for, like, do I do this? Ask about it now. I'll try and do it chronologically. So you're waiting for solar Sakura interference that you've kind of been told isn't going to come. Yeah. Right? I, know we, I know often we get criticised because they go, well, you just made that up in your head. Yeah. I, I've seen other people say, I thought the whole point in tribal combat was... Mm-hmm. It's one on one. The best solo can do is soften up before the match, and then you just and that's what the story they told on the on SmackDown, by the way. And yeah. I went, okay, I got it. I'm not a huge fan of that as a development, but I've got it. So then, again, I'm not the generous take haver here, but if you want to be generous, Solo arrives when they're in the middle of the crowd, and it's like ah, oh, it's opening minute of the match for me. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> when it first. Yeah. This 20-minute match is uh, flying by. So Solo arrives when they're in the crowd, and Michael Cole's raging, and it's like, Solo, what's he doing? And this is one of the first times where he can be like, oh, that's actually a valid question. Like, for the last two and a half, three years, you should have been asking, well, of course he's here. It's a Roman Reigns match. But now it's like, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, But then, like, you think, oh, is Roman going to dismiss him? And Solo's going to go, what are you dismissing me for? And they're going to have this little moment in the crowd, then it's going, no, he's just there for the whole duration of the match, running interference. So it's like, well, you've just completely taken a dump. Handicap match. Yeah, you've taken a dump on your own stipulation, and Jey Uso is continuing to survive, and blah, blah, blah. So then we get, obviously, to to the finish. And by the way, tribal combat, not unlike the MMA rules, I felt it was underthought as a match, because Jey Uso said, oh, that was, I was a bit worried when he cut that promo, I was like, tribal combat, ooh, I'm going to hit you with a kendo stick, uh, I might put you through a table, uh, I might use chairs, uh, a match then. Yeah. Like the, the elders have really got you now, Roman, <laughs> they're hitting you with every stipulation you've been hit with for the last three years, right? So like, like the shield went through tougher wars with evolution than Roman Reigns did trouble <laughs> combat with Jey Uso, so I don't know what he was sweating about. So that, like, the, the stipulation is just meaningless, fundamentally. Absolute, like, just lipstick on a pig, stipulation nonsense to get to after 36 minutes, which is just insulting and aggravating. You get to the thing that appears through the, my online consumption to have been the thing that has annoyed people the most. I don't get it. I feel like we were talking about that from the week he got beaten up. Mm. Did we not talk about the Jimmy Uso turn the night he got hospitalised? Yes. Because Jey Uso came out... I was the ver- astonished that people were so surprised. He came it. out the very same night and made his own comeback and said, I want... He, did, the, the, he He's he not gone to hospital with Jimmy. He's gone to the ring and he's posed with the belt. He sees like, it as like, I'm defending his honour, but in reality, he's just putting... It, 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 I will that, say this, for, for people saying it was a stupid decision to have Jimmy turn, I think 
I get it. I cannot, I'm not going to say you're wrong I've in got thinking that. It's completely in a subjective. Yeah. But in terms of the heel being justified in their own mind, he is. Well, so do you know what my take on this is? Go on. I don't think people... I don't want to speak on behalf of people. They're allowed their own thoughts. And if they think Jimmy Turner is stupid, then maybe they just think it's stupid. I think what is happening here is a lot of people haven't yet reconciled with the fact that they think the bloodline is getting a bit daft. Mm. And that's the overarching point, and it's being distilled through this Jimmy Uso. Yes. Turn. I think you, people are very much within rights to say the bloodline is getting a bit daft. And I think they've looked at that and thought, well, well, now this is stupid. And it's like, well, hang on, mate. Actually, if yeah. you scale it back, maybe it's been getting a bit stupid for a while. Maybe it would have been less stupid if Roman had lost at WrestleMania. I'm not saying that's tricky. I've got a wider point to make. We've, 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 right. we've yeah, passed we've that. that fight. We've had that fight. Like, if he was clinging on by his fingernails to the, the tri- I forget the name of the really posh tribal chief lay, but the tribal chief's seat, basically. If he's clinging on to being the head of the table, right, then all of a sudden, the desperation of everybody involved becomes a little bit more engaging, mm. whereas it's just another title defense for Roman, and on this bloody thing goes. Ula Fala? Ula, yes, that's exactly what they've been calling it, and I apologize for not picking up on that. A year ago, or just under a year ago, Solo Sokoa was introduced to storylines at Clash at the Castle, right? But about 14 months before that, Sami Zayn was really getting figured in. It was no longer just the backstage, hi, Roman, can we be mates? It was like, now he's kind of getting mates with Jimmy and Jay hates him and he's starting to do the, the production truck bit mm-hmm. that they flashed back to in the tribal court. Like, quickly, very quickly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, right? Sammy's mixing in this time a year ago. And Sammy mixing in creates Kevin Owens saying, don't get involved with them. And all of the split that led you into war games, the stuff in the summer with the T-shirt, him, like, Jay being, how dare he be respected by you, Roman Reigns? I've done all of this for you. and da, da, da. All, I don't need to retell the Bloodline saga. They've certainly done it enough. Mm-hmm. But everything that you had as a result of Sami Zayn figuring in that got you to the Rumble with Kevin Owens, that got you to Montreal and Elimination Chamber, that got you to WrestleMania with Cody being, I need to get you two back together because I need you two together yeah. in order to offset the Usos, right? So all of that was rooted in Sami Zayn mixing in last summer and then Solo Sokoa arriving in September. Yes. You've dropped in two brand spanking new characters that are going to completely, like, reframe this entire yeah. bloodline story. Two years ago, Roman beats Edge. Oh, my God, it's John Cena. Roman beats John Cena. Oh, my God, it's Brock Lesnar. And we're all going, this is rubbish now. Yeah. This is boring, and they have to use Paul Heyman's loyalty as a thing for a bit with Brock Lesnar, mm. you know. But... We're back to two years ago instead of one year ago. I always um, add this. I don't know what you're going to do with Roman and Cody for the next six months. Well, this is this was going to be sort of like to put a capper on this. How Obviously, Cody was injured, but how you delayed Roman was all of this Sammy stuff. So you weren't going into the Cody match. If you were going into the Cody match off Roman's beat Edge, Roman's beat Cena, Roman's beat Brock, you know what it'd feel like? It'd feel like Bro- Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania 38. Oh, doing this again. Mm. Like, I mean, I had a lot of fun there. Yeah, I, I, I know you did, and I realised you're the wrong person to talk about that. But <laughs> the main event that like was a bit flat. Yeah, like Cody would be hot, but it'd just be like, oh yeah, well he's beating everybody else, but he can't beat me. That had so much story to it. That had so much drama, and like all the ducks were in a row, and that's why it hurt so much when Solo was. Like, How have we done this? Like you've, you've lined it all up. Mm. They are dangerously close to sending in basically kind of Cody versus. Solid gold gemstone Homer Simpson rather than a man that's been involved in like a story that's yeah. torn his family apart. Like, I understood, I didn't like it or agree with it, 
But the, I didn't like the overcoming adversity line, but I understood that bit where, like... So my belief was Cody beats Roman and causes the family to fall apart, whereas a lot of people said, no, no, the family falls apart so that Roman is weak, and then Cody went, I don't want Cody to be a weak guy, mm. but that's by the by. That's where we're going yeah. now, is Roman's got nothing left. He's Ian Beale and EastEnders, right? He didn't call for Jimmy here, did he? No. Jimmy's acted alone. Maybe Paul Heyman's gotten under his skin based on the acting that was going on, and Heyman's performance was a piss take. Like, that guy, his head's gone. His head has gone. He has never loved the smell of his own farts more. Yeah. And I've seen the barely legal build him up speech on Beyond the Mat. <laughs> like, that man has fallen in love with his own performances, and what a joke that was. Yeah, maybe it's good that he'll go away for a bit now. Oh, Christ. I like, this was nightmarish at points. It kind of made a mockery of what has drawn them all this money and what has shut me up mm. about Cody winning at WrestleMania until the end of SummerSlam. And I didn't get the feeling from some of the response to the Jimmy turn. I'm less concerned, truthfully. I didn't get the feeling that people are that hungry for Jimmy and Jay at like a payback or something like that. It feels like it has to go on at payback, but then me and Andy were talking on the news today and he said the words NWO and I thought, uh-oh, that's not a good sign if Bloodlines get him compared to that. But like... Jimmy and Jay is also a WrestleMania match, isn't it? Possibly. I can't believe... So I was talking with Nicholas over the desk this morning while you two were recording the news. And twice. I happened upon... <laughs> twice. Got to press I, record the first time. I happened upon the only possible solution. And it's the most insane outcome we've arrived at, right? Go on. So after everything I've just said about how you kind of like refreshed and reframed the whole bloodline this time last year, suddenly you're probably going to do a triple threat with both Usos and Solo. The brotherly triple threat, Rikishi's going to come at TV and be like, how is it? Look what Roman's done to my sons. And that's how you keep Roman as the big bad in the background. He's mm -hmm. made you all hate each other. Like, do you know the only possible way to make this entertaining between now and whenever the hell Roman comes back? Is Jey Uso's got no friends and the only one he can turn to is Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens is out injured. Like, that's a very good point. Sami Zayn needs a, um, like a, what's the word, an interim tag team partner to help him defend his titles. Oh. And he's the guy that will always extend a hand to Jey Uso. And Jey Uso now needs to take it because he's not even got his own brother. And you do the tag title match of Jay and Sammy versus Jay. And it's like, how do we fix the bloodline? Sammy's in again. And it actually works. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God Sammy's here. <laughs> yeah. Like Owens is injured and it's like, well, hang on, Sammy's got now going on. Yeah. That could actually work. It's a great bit of booking. But it shouldn't be. No, like They should be off defending. The, like yeah. They're finished. You're done with the bloodline. That might be the only way. To, like, I don't think this is... I don't think this is it, pal. And like, I'll be proven wrong. And you've got Paul Heyman saying bottom of the third, and you've got Triple H probably telling me off for not like just letting it play out and all that. But oh, this match was this match reeked. not so good, Al. Not so good, Al. Um, I even I think about the the yeah the how far I've gone with this bloodline story and how much praise I've heaped on it and the fact that I've slept through the first fifteen. Was your C tweet because you fell asleep on the E key? C. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But even even I, Michael Hamflet, when they did the spot where Sokoa saves Reigns from a chair-wielding Jey Uso, mm -hmm. and then there's that moment between them, even I went, I'll piss off. You're not doing that now. Look, I know we're holding the gaming lads up here. I want to make one final point, and then I swear to God we'll get out of this studio forever. But I think the Jimmy Uso twist wasn't as bad as people seem to be making it. No, nah, they put that in place. I'm not going to criticise yeah. WWE. No, the, the seeds were planted, I think, and I, I'm sure if you listen back to our podcast, we were talking about it. Also, like, rain spearing through a table, just seeing the opportunity whilst Jay's like, what's going on? <laughs> Spear through a table. Good night, everyone. Um, so, bit of bloodline lore. 
to round this out, right? Mm -hmm. We all keep talking about three years ago, it was Jey Uso, three years ago, three years ago, three years ago. I set an alarm to watch SummerSlam because we weren't doing the stream. And I thought, I'm going to set Could have done it. Could have done it. I'm going to set an alarm for three in the morning. So the show is two hours old uh, and I can skip the Peacock adverts. Ah. I can probably catch up by the end, like which obviously punished me in the end because I wish I could skip through the whole main event, but instead <laughs> I was having to watch it live. But it worked. It worked really well. I got up like two hours after and I could watch it in comfort and then be awake for like the day starting, basically. Um, however, my son, Charlie... Had we had some family up at the weekend, so he was in Josh's room. The two of them were together, sleepover, all very exciting. But there was a very young, there was a baby in my house. There wasn't one in yours, but there was one in mine. Hey. And the baby woke up and it was crying, and it was fine. But it woke Charlie up, and I think bless him, he just thought, "I'm just going to go downstairs." <laughs> so I go downstairs at three in the morning to stick SummerSlam on, and I'm greeted by Charlie with a big light on, watching Peppa Pig. And I have to try and break it to him, mate, it's half three, you're going to have to go back to bed. He's, I'm not tired. I was like, look, take my place in the big bed, and I'll sit downstairs and watch this. Like, that's spare. Go on, go to sleep. Don't wake your mum up, all that sort of stuff. What that means, Wilborn, three years of bloodline law, the boy that once got up to be involved in bloodline law <laughs> has been so bored rigid that he was willing to go back to sleep rather than watch it. Three years, full Change circle. plan. I think Charlie should finish the story. I think Charlie should finish the story. He was there for the start. He was there for the end. Even he knew this match was going to stink. It was like, all right, Dad. I like, what kid wants to go back to bed? Yeah. All right, Dad, you're Fair right. Enough. I'd like, Clash of the Champions was probably the peak, wasn't it? I'll go. Let us know your thoughts on SummerSlam on X at What Culture WWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, me and Hamflet will be back later on to review AEW Collision. Yes, and look ahead to Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today as well. But for now, this has been the SummerSlam review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.